It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Monday. Welcome to The Wind Up. I'm Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello, Scott Tilford. I love that. I love that energy, man. That's he great. loves it. He's got to bring it in. It's got, I mean, it's the start of the week. I was going to put a little tweet out because I've been playing a lot of Deathloop, so have you. And I thought maybe we'd do another Deathloop podcast. But we did do a couple previous ones, uh, including the main show from last week was all about Deathloop. Um, and so we might get back to it in the future, depending on whether or not it's, uh, it does the rounds a little bit more on social media. I feel like hardly anybody's talking about Deathloop. Don't know what your feed's like, but it's it's barely been anywhere for me. Well, I, th- I feel like our feeds are very different you know i feel like as per being apparently very different people i haven't seen many people talking about it but it feels like to me and i would love to be wrong but it Mm. feels like another arcane game that reviews really well and has a cult following but isn't quite the mainstream smash that a lot of people want it to be it reminds me a lot of i said this before we started recording it reminds Mm. me a lot of returnal where i love that game that got great reviews across the board and then it just kind of fell off sales wise and it wasn't that much of a hit and you know Mm -hmm. obviously with this kind of like genre and with this specific niche of time loop games maybe Mm -hmm. there's a ceiling on it but yeah it's it's certainly not been a a Call of Duty level launch. Or no, I guess like it, it was never going to be that. I think there's a whole really valid conversation to have about how abysmal and weird the marketing's been. Like, there's been bits yeah. and pieces that you could pick up, but like the whole idea of like a rivalry against another character and like, oh, they can be a player, they can also be another like another real time person, or it can be AI. And like, I feel like they just they drop the ball on every front in regards to what Death Loop is, and it's not that hard to describe. It's like this time loop assassination game. But anyway, yeah. um, because that seems to be kind of up in up in the air, we might come back to it uh, going forward. We thought we'd just talk about the stuff that's coming out in the next week because this next week is actually stupid for game releases the amount of stuff that is rammed into the next literally seven days it's crazy um, is nothing short of ridiculous so we're going to run some stuff down um including the thing that i continue to not believe which is that Kana bridge of spirits is out tomorrow the game that <laughs> sony themselves jim ryan's just pushing out the door doesn't even know what it is just wants to get it out on the playstation store whereas i feel like Kana bridge of spirits should be held up as you know one of the the like last releases reasons to get a ps5 for the rest of 2021 it was like part of why you were going to be invested in the playstation 5 and then it's just it wasn't even a playstation showcase and it's just like what is going on with this game dude i i told you um a few months ago maybe it was on a podcast (laughs) where maybe it was in in the news but we were talking Mm. about it somewhere and I, i remember saying you know like 
don't let your expectations get too high for this game. It might turn out really well, mm. but you know, this is a kind of, it's a smaller project. It's not a full price title. It's a, a, an indie team that's been making it for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though it was at those big um, Sony showcases, those PlayStation 5 showcases, it's always been a PlayStation 4 game as well. So no, no, I that... feel like this might be a case of almost No Man's Sky, you know, almost No Man's Sky Ooh. situation where the marketing is kind of like promised something. Mm. It's promised this massive game. And uh, at least to me, and again, we'll find out tomorrow, the realities of the actual development of it, I don't think quite match that, or at least that's the well, vibe so, I'm getting. No, I mean, well, first of all, I'll find out at midnight tonight, my friend. I'll be up until <laughs> 2, 2.30 2 in the morning. I need to know. But um, no, I mean, my, my problem is not that it is a cross-gen game. I, I don't care about that. My thing is just the marketing is just, it feels like a Concrete Genie, which is the game that Sony uh, Sony initially heavily advertised. And, oh my God, it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. And then come the sort of week or two before launch day, there was nothing for it at all. And Concrete <laughs> Genie is sort of one of those games that even now people don't really talk about or even know of or describe in detail or anything. Um, and I feel like it's another one of them. And I, someone did um, the round yesterday, I forget the name of the dude, um, but who was uh, sharing this report from last year where someone looked into the development of the game, found out that it has actually been in development for, it's since about 2012, 2013-ish. And there's an ongoing sort of lawsuit between one of the creative directors, or at least one of the lead coders, who is mm. trying to say that they were massively instrumental in getting the code from PC to the PlayStation 5 version. Um, and that the trailers that were been shown off more recently were actually from 2017. Um, and this particular coder couldn't believe that they were being shown off as, oh my God, the latest, you know, PS5 style stuff. Right. Um, and so that person said that as far as they were concerned, Kena, the overall game was pretty much on fire and shouldn't be seen by anybody. And they said it was a, they just couldn't believe that, because um, they were, they'd since left Ember Labs, um, couldn't believe that the game had then been signed for a PlayStation 5 style, um, you know, ad campaign. Um, and they literally said they were like, were crying over it, just saying, oh my God, I can't believe the actual state of the game. Um, which would line up with the reality of, you know, the rubber hits the road and you need to release something to the PlayStation Store. And then maybe there's very little there, but it's not like Sony have said, it's not like it's been pushed back anymore. It was initially delayed, um, but the 21st, uh, you know, re release date tomorrow is the release date it landed on. So there yeah. must be something there, but I, just, I can't believe it wasn't a PlayStation showcase. And I can't believe how much Sony themselves aren't sharing any of the Kena um, official accounts, tweets. It just feels like right. it's this weird on the side thing and the marketing is just abysmal it's it's funny man it's it's it's, it's really funny how i want to love know, it this game is coming out because i want to love it too but i mean i kind of come down on it on a slightly different way than you you mm. know ignoring that um um report which is you know hugely incriminating if that turns out to be true like all that stuff absolutely sucks you know mm -hmm. in terms of sony's marketing for instance for me kato was kind of everywhere you know when it was had the, yeah now yeah when it had the release date earlier this year mm. it was all over the place you know it was at all of these playstation 5 events it was at all of these sony state of players and all of that stuff mm -hmm. and then it got pushed and then it got pushed again and now i feel like since it got pushed again and it's mm -hmm. now coming out you know tomorrow september mm -hmm. september that's when it's sort of gone radio silent. And now it's kind of strange. There's no reviews or anything. This yeah, is there's nothing. no reviews. That's very damning. I think that mm -hmm. no one has a review copy is kind of um, worrying because I can't remember the last time that um, even happened. You know, I feel like mm -hmm. publishers have been really good at getting games out really early to, um, you know, publications over the past, you know, year or year and a half or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, it's it's now in this weird position where they had this massive marketing push and maybe they only had an allotted amount of money for it, you know, thinking mm. it was going to be out the earlier this year. And then they just kind of went like, look, we've spent a lot of money on this marketing push. We're not going to spend anymore <laughs> because, because you keep pushing it. We can't keep keeping up with it. You know, we mm. can't keep this level of um, drive to the marketing. Maybe that's partly the reason why. But yeah, certainly I'm going into tomorrow and for you, midnight. And with um, <laughs> tempered expectations, I hope it's good. It does look gorgeous. Mm. But yeah, you're right that where there's this kind of volatile cocktail of um, bad ingredients from the development to the marketing to um, the, the silence around it in general mm. and the delays that make me um, cautiously a bit cautious well, i just i just i look at like i take a step back and i look at sony overall i just mentioned the death loop stuff but it's like they're two remaining big talking points around ps5 for the rest of this year death loop i guess you've got ghostwire tokyo i think that's later this year isn't it it got Maybe. pushed to next year right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. that was initially gonna be this year but yeah in terms of the big talking points like okay your your casual friend says should i get a ps5 and why what, what's coming out that i need to play it will be Deathloop and kana and i guess more so Deathloop in terms of an overall maybe more mature audience or whatever but neither of them had sizable or like for me like effective marketing campaigns Kana's way worse than Deathloop, i would say it feels like it feels like Kana's just not even on the radar anymore but um and in terms of the game itself um, you know, that is coming out tomorrow, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. It's on PS4 and PS5 and seems to be like a Zelda style uh, or like a PlayStation take on a Zelda formula. Uh, or at least it looks like that, like an over-shoulder style, um, you know, lots of Z-targeting, lots of Ocarina style stuff. But um, they only really showed like two levels. Like it's largely yeah. only been like one main core hub place. And then on one of the other sort of um, game dev diaries, they showed off one of the village places that you can go to. And you are playing as Kena and you look after these little creatures called the Rot. And it seems that like you do like little lemming style puzzle bits with them you send them in to do bits and pieces kind of like overlord if you ever played overlord on ps2 it did, um, they overlord I, that was a good time I, if they if they could channel that i'm kind of in um, <laughs> but, but again like if that's a main component of the game it's where even is it like we sort of know the little lads are in it and that's about it well again this is all just um you know perhaps fear-mongering speculation mm. on my part but the fact that it isn't a full price title and the fact that it has had all of mm. these issues to me maybe indicates that it's going to be a very pretty game you know we've seen that but mm. maybe a straightforward and quite short game overall. Well, I, guess... I don't know whether it's even going to have that much to it from a gameplay perspective maybe well that's it is that was my visual character spectacle or anything else yeah yeah sorry to talk all nope. over you josh brown my my um fear though with it oh sorry my um my sort of underlying gut feeling is that it is the first video game from ember labs who uh, are only really known for this sort of like viral cg video they did that was based off legend of zelda majora's mask they did like a fan film that was really gorgeously done like beautiful stuff um, and that's what the visuals of kana look like but it is their first video game and um, which kind of ties in with the lawsuit thing that i mentioned before where this there's like one sole coder reckons he was responsible for getting every Everything working on PlayStation, um, and that is that it is that thing where it's a, it's a team's first game. They've not made a video game before at all, um, and like yeah, it can look beautiful because that's what they do. But then an animation studio then needs to obviously follow it up with gameplay. But like you said, the reduced price point, the fact that they've only really shown like two biomes, if that, um, it, maybe it's only like a two three hour game or something, and it'll just be well, it looks beautiful, but it's very short. Um, in terms of other stuff though, because there is a lot to get through, and um, the twenty third of September is Sable, the sort of open world yes. very eastern looking um that game i played that i played a bit of the demo when they put it on xbox but you've been you've been well psyched for sable a hell of a lot more than me yeah man i feel like september for me for the most part at least in terms of the games i'm going to be playing that are new or mm -hmm. re-releases i suppose we'll get to one of those as well and i'm looking for cozy games i'm looking for some cozy uh. times to usher october in with and sable for me <laughs> 
has definitely been that one. If I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's no combat to it at all. It's all exploration and puzzle driven. You're thrown into this really lush, um, you know, cell shaded esque open world, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm excited for it, man. Like this is part of the reason why I got a Series X. Um, obviously mm-hmm. it's coming out on other Xbox consoles, but that was part of the reason why I wanted to get either an S or an X so mm-hmm. soon. And I just I just hope it doesn't. Um, disappoint because it looks incredibly chill. I haven't played the demo because I don't want, not that I don't want anything spoiled, but I'm mm. kind of just like, I know I'm going to get it so I can just go in as fresh as possible. Um, yeah, and that's love... on the 23rd, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I do love the uh, the the bike thing that you fly around on. and um, reminds me of what Ray has in Force Awakens. It sort of yes. looks like a magnum on its side, like a magnum <laughs> on the screen with an engine. And um, I like the idea of that. I love the whole art style too. Like obviously it's very cel-shaded, but they also drop certain frames when you're running, so it almost looks like a flipboot kind of thing and yeah. i thought that was like a really like a, um effective sort of way to do that kind of stuff and um there's not that much to say in a preview sense i thought that the the actual gameplay it definitely prioritized just open spaces like you said quite a chill environment quite a chill yeah. sort of pace you were in the in the demo bit um it was just a lot of fetch quests it was just go talk to this guy go request this go request to find this thing and then take your bike out and go back and forth and just sort of drink in the visuals um a yeah. lot of the like marketing for it has been like look at how absolutely gorgeous this world is so um but well, i guess That's there's not why- that much to say but it, it does look promising yeah totally that's why i'm kind of so intrigued because you know mm. i've watched a, a, a little bit of the gameplay like you said you know some of the uh, places to explore some of the characters to interact with the bike you know to cover long distances in the world but mm-hmm. it's very much a kind of vibe game i guess that's right, my right. interest you know i like the way it genre, looks totally i like the fact that there's no combat i like the fact that the soundtrack is done by um japanese breakfast you know i'm a big fan of um, <laughs> that band and I feel like all of those elements are coming together to make for something that visually and atmospherically looks really lush and right up my street. And I just hope that it does have the gameplay to sustain that feeling mm. um, for the whole duration. Like, because, uh, you know, it would be a shame if it, if, it, if it fell down in that regard. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, I do love, we, we were talking about this before we started recording about it. There's kind of like an indie renaissance going on. Like it was, there was yes. like 2013 had the massive, like, you know, like uh, like indie games got, or video games got uh, inducted into the um, the MoMA or whatever it was. They were classified as art. There was that whole explosion around Roger Ebert saying that video games weren't art and all that kind of stuff. And But what came out of that were loads of games like Gone Home and Papers, Please. And like obviously people looking back to the likes of Braid and uh, Limbo and everything. And I feel like indies just sort of, there's obviously been tons of worthwhile titles, but it feels like this year especially, there's like this big explosion of like gorgeous yeah. indie games um and i feel like there's a lot more people are up for them especially because the triple a stuff just hasn't been there so like eyes have been on other things um and i, I feel like the way that they filled everything out has just been great totally i mean we might even end up doing a dedicated podcast on this by mm. the end of the year to round them all up but i'm 100 with you you know in the absence of all of the AAA games that got pushed to february 2022 <laughs> and march february 2022 mm-hmm. these are really kind of not only just filled a gap, but kind of um, uh, given them the opportunity to have the spotlight in a way that they wouldn't previously. Like, mm-hmm. I certainly don't usually play the amount of indie games that I've, I've played so far this year, mm-hmm. but I've really enjoyed spending time with them and, you know, diversifying across a bunch of different genres, a bunch of different art styles, a bunch of different stories. And I've found that most of the indies I've played this year have become some of my favorites of the entire year. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping games like Sable and a few other releases as we go into the final months um, manage to keep that momentum going because it's just been such a joyous time, especially because <laughs> so many of them are quite short as well. Mm-hmm. You know, coming off Skyward Sword, which we did a podcast about in that bloated runtime, you know, coming off that and going straight in, I know, in going straight into a run of um, shorter indies that are just like mm. these 
pristine packages. And yeah, some of them might be six or sevens out of tens, but they all leave an impact and they don't overstay their welcome. And that's what I've really appreciated about jumping between them all over the past few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, to tail that uh, or to add to that conversation, I'll very quickly mention the Artful Escape. Um, I forget who developed ah, yes. that, but it's but it's another Annapurna thing. Um, and that is that is a game that is very much like you said, a vibe game where like the only real controls for it are moving the analog stick to the side and jumping around everywhere. But you're taking in these really gorgeous, like you know, palette like like painterly sort of worlds um, with a really stunning soundtrack. There's also a button you can hold to just do guitar solos for as long as you want, which I held down <laughs> the entire time. And then uh, there's also a little, like you do, like you put a show on. It's about a musician who's trying to live up to, um, ostensibly a Bob Dylan style folk singer. Um, and nice. you realize that you'd rather rock it out and you'd rather do a brutal <laughs> legend instead. Um, and then you go on this sort of intergalactic uh, journey to discover your sort of true calling. Um, the Awful Escape is gorgeous. It's on Xbox on Game Pass. Um, but that was a game that is absolutely a vibe game that I would just recommend. It's very like arty farty all over the place. But by the, by the time I hit the end of it, I was glad I went on that journey. I would totally recommend it. Um, yeah. Speaking of stuff for uh, the rest of this week though this will be the shortest one i think because me and you unless you have more of a reference point for it i don't uh diablo 2 resurrected is out on the 23rd of september um try as i might and i've tried four different times to get into diablo 3 it is not my jam at all are you you're well, maybe more of a diablo fan than me not really but mm. i have a lot of nostalgia for diablo 2 it was like okay. maybe the first proper pc game i ever played Ooh. and maybe the last pc game i ever <laughs> played properly um, I, I really enjoyed it when I was young, but I can't remember much by it. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in it, especially because it's Vicarious Visions, I think. Yeah. They obviously have done some really good work on remasters and remakes previously with, you know, Tony Hawk's, with Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I have no doubt that the um, game itself is going to be good. But for me personally, I don't know if I'm in a in a place to support Blizzard that way after. Well, that's, that's the know, whole other thing. Yeah. After all of the, um, assault and harassment allegations that mm-hmm. came out previously and I, I was reading um, an interview I think it was with one of the executives who was essentially saying like look um, it's it's up to you like if you feel comfortable supporting us <laughs> do it if you don't God. like that's totally all right and I'm kind of just in a position where you know it's so raw it's so recent I'm not mm. convinced by the changes that maybe they <clears throat> committed to at the moment that for me it was one that I was excited for but now I'm probably just going to you know let slide and maybe pick it up at some point in the future. Yeah, I guess like with that whole stuff, um, is oh yeah, that all the unfolding things on the on the Blizzard side is continually horrific. The more that comes out about the, even the history of their own company just seems to be there's a lot of issues that have needed fixing for a long time. Um I guess if you have a nostalgic if you can separate that from the nostalgic appeal of Diablo 2, it's maybe worth jumping into, but I feel like even on the game side, um when they did that uh, Warcraft 3 reforged thing, it was such a tire fire. Yeah. And um, it went down so badly that I'm just, I, I hope they've done the necessary work here and it's not just like an upgrade, like a slightly upgraded port and there's a bit more to it um, to sort of reward the people who just want to play it as a video game and not try not to think about the wider ramifications of supporting that well, company. But, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a good point as well. You know, even if you could detach yourself from the um, allegations and stuff, you <laughs> yeah. still have the, Blizzard's recent track record um, in terms of game quality, which, like you said, isn't great to begin with. You no. know, from a, from a product standpoint, they've not been making all the right moves and they've been pissing off fans for a while. Now, <laughs> when they have said that Diablo 2 isn't going to be that, it's going to be them turning it around. But, you know, I guess we'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, it's, I think that's just something, like you said, for the old school, like the PC fans. A lot of people... Um, are like me who didn't play Diablo until Diablo 3. That was like the big watershed moment, I feel, for, especially for console players, um, where it sort of came across. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, next one down is Lost Judgment, which is um, the sequel to 2017 or 2018's Judgment, um, which is another detective story with uh, Takeyuki Yagami. And I that game, I love, I mean, I love the first, I, I try, I, it's rare that I'm not talking about the first Judgment, Josh Brown. The first Judgment is. is incredible. I love the Yakuza series. Um, this might be the last one that they do because there's a whole ongoing thing with the likeness of the dude um, and the uh, actor's agency that owns that guy's face, um, not wanting him to be in uh, games going forward because there's a PC version and they fear that the face might get out all over the PC on the internet and be used and it would take power away from them. It's a whole thing. Um, but Lost Judgment just seems to be another really cool detective story style game with the Ryu Gagatoku's, like, the quirky little mini games they do. There's a skateboarding thing in this now. Yes. You can do ollies How... and grinds and <sighs> spins, my friend. God, Lord, man. Like, that's, that's <laughs> me in. I, I didn't know that until recently. Yeah. And the fact that you can skateboard around town just sounds Well, there's amazing. a bit in, in the first one where he's he's on, like, a car chase and he hops on a skateboard to keep up with someone. And then he, like, <laughs> does, like, an ollie and he kicks one leg off the side and boots this guy in the face. And then he uses that yeah. momentum to dart off back down a different street. But it's all in a cutscene. And um, and you just sort of have to go with it because, oh, I guess he's just that good at skating in the middle of his detective duties. That's all fine. And then this time they're like, no, let's actually build this whole thing out and give you, like, skate parks and ways to get around the city on a skateboard and lots of jack two style energy so um yeah i mean the the thing i saw skillop's review saying that he wasn't a massive fan of it and i but obviously across the board it's it's mostly quite positively received and um, we haven't got um hands-on code with that i'll be looking forward to it uh, later this week but um i guess i can totally see the argument that the really quirky stuff jars with the even more brutal story they're doing like the actual story setup right. is um like this sort of body that's found in amongst like a house fire and then they were it was actually placed 
chased there by like a serial killer and it's all very very brutal and bloody and there's a lot they don't really skimp on the the details of the body that's found kind of thing um and that's like if you're in for these kind of games it's kind of a bit of both it's always really brutal violence followed up by karaoke sessions and dance mini games and yeah. you know you can go down the sega arcade in game and play you know outrun for two hours if you want to I mean, yeah. that weird mix has always been the thing that's um, <laughs> really appealed to me about them. It's unfortunate that both of the games so far have released in kind of like a window where I've, I've been no. really excited about other things. Like when um, Lost Judgment had its, you know, big PlayStation 5 trailer, you know, the other month. Mm. I remember looking at it and thinking, this looks awesome. Yeah. This is finally going to be the time that I jump in. And now I look at the slate of games that I've got to play in <laughs> September and I think, God damn it, it's all going to, it's going to, you know, mess me by. Yet well, they're again. so long as well. Like, I mean, I mean, um, it, yeah. you know, the original judgment is sort of 25 to 30 hours ish. Um, and that's that depends on how much you want to get lost in the side stuff. A lot of the things get carried over from the Yakuza series. So for me, like lifelong Yakuza fan, I've, I've done a lot of those mini games. Um, but one little point for lost judgment seems to be that they have tightened up a lot of the um, the sort of arbitrary side stuff. Like the original judgment had a lot of um, tailing mini games and lock picking yeah. mini games and stuff that was just it worked once you got all of those things unlocked. You could do them in quick succession. It just felt like a series of mini games. But um, the the tailing mini game was like horrendous. It was just like hide here, wait two minutes guy looks around npc walks away okay you can walk to the next cover point it was just like proper mid 2000s uh <laughs> stealth that it was just like though that stuff really dragged the game down i know that the tailing stuff is in lost judgment and um, but apparently they've tightened it up so this, those sequences don't go on for as long and um, i will see if i can fit that in because like you said there's a lot of ridiculously long I... games this week I believe in you, Scott Tilford. If there's <laughs> anyone who can fit this game in this week and over the next week, it's definitely you. It's the power of the midnight till half two slot. That, that's a, that's a <laughs> solid two hours every night to devote to whatever. Um, speaking of quirky things and mix, uh, mixes of different elements, though, Death Stranding Director's Cut is out on the 24th, um, which, Josh Brown, you've long said since the beginning that it was mentioned that you're going to do all 70 hours of this all over again. Yes, man. Like I've been looking for an excuse to replay Death Stranding, and I mm. almost did it in the summer, but then there were all of the rumors that this, um, you know, then yeah. called the extended cut um, might happen. Mm -hmm. So I put it off, I put it off. And that patience has finally been rewarded with this mad director's cut, which is going to add a bunch of stuff that I'm not even going to use. But hopefully, hopefully I'll get to replay it all again with, uh, you know, the widescreen, with the um, the 40, the 40K, the, the 4K with 60 <laughs> frames per second. Yes. Um, and I'm just looking forward to re-experiencing, for me, what is one of the best games of the entire last generation just you know a bit more oh, polished definitely best that. playing i'm totally with you i the, the initial if anyone's not played death stranding if you sort of like stayed away from it because it looked a bit too crazy couldn't really get a handle on what tone it was going for or whatever the actual gameplay of it for as divisive as i guess it was at the time and i know that the director's cut has like sped some stuff up or they've put more unlocks in so there's less sort of arbitrary fetch questy stuff in terms of just walking place to place you can get like you can do stunt ramps and you can like get a cargo cannon fire stuff to the place that you're going to go to um that actual rollout of just getting through Death Stranding when me, you and Ben Roy were all playing through it. That's yeah. one of the most glorious times in my gaming career, to be honest. It's just, just a beautiful time of just what's around the corner, don't know, story's insane, but I've got these, what do you call those <laughs> things that you latch onto rocks with? Like isn't it a crimpit or something? You get some crimpits. Know. 
and then you're going up the going up the rocks and stuff. And I just I love all those unlocks. I thought the the way that game rolls out, um, providing you can get on board with the the basics of running around a lot. Um, okay, I guess you get vehicles eventually and stuff. But yeah, that game is such a crazy unique thing. I just I wish it's story. I mean, I'm curious what the director's cut does to the story, if anything. I guess like what would you want from a from a return to Death Stranding? Are you just looking forward to like a more sort of spruced up version of what was already there? Definitely, you know, I just kind of want to experience it again, almost as it was. You know, I'm a big fan mm. of the mad stuff that they have added in, like the little robot helper that can, you know, you can take a little lift on or the stunt ramps <laughs> where you can do stunts on them on your motorbike. But yep. all of that to me, um, while it's no doubt going to be fun and I definitely will mess with it after I finished it, to me, the best way to play Death Strand is in its um, OG form where mm. you have to methodically struggle and you have to methodically walk from one place to the other and kind of conquer the world around you like that <laughs> sense of maybe maybe not the sense kojima was going for but the sense of kind of like conquering you know the environment and then building communities building civilization or rebuilding civilization yeah it's true rebuilding civilization i guess mm. is probably um the better way to put it because you are kind of going to places that have been since destroyed there used to be places mm-hmm. there not the point well it is the point i'm not doing this very well <laughs> Um, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's all it's just it's a lot of different ways to to bring humanity together. The thing is, one the it first is. time you realize that you can c- contribute to a motorway that goes across the entire world and maybe yeah. you'll just dump off a bunch of materials and then someone else will bring in a bunch of different metals and you'll just get told that that thing you started 2 days ago is now finished. That's a lush feeling. Yeah, and like I said before, you know, I'm looking for a vibe game again and mm. I'm hoping that the um the story because I know we kind of differ on this. You think it might be some of just the, the worst yeah well true true um i was mostly there for the story i will concede that it certainly has its absolutely mad and bad parts mm-hmm. but um i remember the feeling that i got when i watched the first two-hour cutscene, which just goes on forever <laughs> and um i thought for me watching it for the first time that was like one of the best directed cutscenes i'd seen like the stuff that kojima mm-hmm. did with the camera in that world to create tension to create horror to establish the universe was amazing so i'm excited to see how that stuff holds up a second time round and also i'm kind of wondering whether the gameplay itself will hold up the second time around because metal mm. gear solid 5 phantom pain is like one of my favorite games of the past gen like i have such fun memories of playing that solid for a week and eight hours since just like i played death stranding mm-hmm. but the issue is every time i've gone back to metal gear solid 5 to try and replay it and re-experience it in that way it's never clicked in the same way again Ooh. i've always bounced off after a few hours so mm-hmm. i'm wondering whether i'll have the same issue here or whether i'll just be able to you know redo it as i did the first time around well, that's the thing because like both those games have such ramp ups like you're unlocking so many different weapons or items or whatever like especially in death stranding's case like it starts out with you very much on the back foot it's it's a slog like you're meant to, it's intentional yeah. you're meant to feel like it's like you're dragging yourself across these places to reconnect the world and reconnect different people and then there is that, that that's the payoff though like by the time you actually start building structures and like i said roads and you actually start building out all the things that you have different weapons and vehicles and stuff then it kind of feels that like you've become this delivery service and it feels like you have more confidence and whatever but that's such a slow build like that's yeah. i mean kojima himself said that people probably wouldn't like it for the first 20 hours that was his <laughs> like the core that was doing the doing the rounds on launch and um 20 hours is about when you hit like the sort of mid 
point of the whole map, I guess. Yeah. And we probably. we always said that we were in it from the beginning. It lo- it loses me story wise towards the end because for me it can't stick the landing, and I I just ended up thinking back on the whole thing, just thinking I I don't know why I ever cared about any of this. But if you just focus on the gameplay, that stuff's great. All the communal stuff, all the strand ideas that he's had, all the different ways to make people work together. Um, yeah. And he was saying about you know you carry all those lessons into real life, and maybe you'll learn to work together in real life. And I I love all that stuff. Um, but all the stuff uh, in regards to the story, the voice acting, it just that whole bit with, is it Tommy L. Jenkins or the, Tommy L. Haley, the dude at the end? Uh, the, the man with yes. the mask on, giving yes. the acting performance of his life in a context yep. devoid space and just going <laughs> like, what, what's actually going on? Like, who are you? But um, yeah, I, I look forward to hopefully a bit more Death Stranding discourse because the initial like release window conversations were great. Uh, and the stuff of the director's cut only just seems like it's more banter AF. So it's seems like he's going it's down that route a bit more. So banter. It's almost <laughs> like um, Sony was like, like, please, Kojima, give us a director's cut. And he's kind of being like, "Well, no, well, but I'll give you, I'll give you this. You can say it's a director's cut, but then so when like you just say it's a director's cut, I'll go on Twitter and be like, this isn't actually a director's <laughs> cut. Undermine you in that way. <laughs> it's actually a director's plus. It's just that if you've played uh, the original Death Stranding, the bit where Sam's like Norman Reedus, whatever he's called, goes into um, it's the Nicholas Winding Reference place, the uh, the famous director, um, and he just does a little record scratch. He's running past the vinyl. They have a nice serious conversation about what he needs to do to bring the will." back online and then he just scratches a record and runs away that's the mentality that this entire game seems to be built from from the looks of it 100 and that's scott tailford exactly what i want because <laughs> i love that bit i loved all of the stuff with nicholas winder reference oh Crazy. my god it's uh yeah him game del toro it's uh it's just kojima's mind laid out um the next two things um are sort of expansions or reworks of stuff that's already out and um, but out of wild echoes of the eye is out on the 28th i've not followed this at all because i couldn't i didn't click with that uh, out of wilds whatsoever i bounced the <laughs> hell off that thing um like you do when you're trying to fly the the satellite the, the ship itself but you you're a massive out of wilds fan and this seems to be like some really worth while uh, expansion to it. Oh my lord, Scott Telford, I can't wait for this. <laughs> but this will be a short one because they've essentially not said anything about it. Like the mm. whole point of this um, expansion essentially is that they want you to go in knowing as little as possible because obviously right. most of the satisfaction from the Outer Wilds itself as, mm. as the regular game came from the sense of unknown and learning how this solar system worked and the secrets of each planet. Apparently this is going to be well, it's an expansion, so it's going to be more than a DLC. They have said that, mm-hmm. and they've promised it's going to um, be more complex in a kind of microcosm than the original game was, or just as deep, and that's what I'm looking forward to. They've also bigged up some of the horror elements. So, yeah, I didn't even realize this was out so soon, right. but it's coming out um, for PlayStation, so I'm going to play it on that, and I'm going to jump in, hopefully knowing as little as possible mm-hmm. and have just as good of a time as I did the first time around, man, because Jesus, Jesus Christ, Scott Tilford, <laughs> was that first time around in the first game good. You know, we used to do chatty faces before when mm. I hiatus. Mm-hmm. And for me, if we ever had the question again of which game would you wipe your mind to play You fresh, can do it again. It'd be out of wilds, man. Out of wilds <laughs> every time, and I'd love it every time. Oh my god, I, I every time because the thing is, there's there's two types of people on this earth: the people like you who are enlightened, who have seen it, who know what the thing is, <laughs> and go, oh my god, you need to experience this thing. And it's like an amalgamation of all the different ways that that game saves up content. You just bounce into it in whatever order, and it works. That didn't work for me at all, and I, I, I just don't, I don't know what the thing is. But I did like in terms of like space horror, like you're saying, they sort of maybe put in more horror elements in it going forward. I do like that planet that you can go to, um, because obviously you just. Expect explore whenever you want but you can go to one of those planets and you go inside it and there's like a huge like cthulhu style 
beast just living in there and yes. like me when i was exploring not knowing anything to, to find and like assuming because it's like fairly low budget or it's quite a small team that like there's not gonna be that much in there and then this giant set of jaws just comes out the shadow and grabs me from like the face i was like oh my god i freaked the hell out that was one of the best like dynamic jump scares ever yeah. like that was insane um, and i feel like i mean even no man's sky did a, a random horror pack for like if you're just out you can find these derelict vessels that have creatures on them and stuff um, and i feel like there's like a, like a nice strand of like dynamic horror where you don't know exactly what you're getting and i feel like space totally. horror lends itself perfectly to that um, well that's exactly yeah. it man like i mean outer wilds you know even though the first one had a horror elements you know mm. so much of that horror just came from you know almost like existentialism of you figuring out the secrets of the universe mm -hmm. you know looking beyond the pale and not liking what you see so hopefully if that kind of feeling is distilled for this expansion mm -hmm. it's going to serve up more of those moments like you mentioned there where you get like these jaw-dropping surprises that scare you as well which is i, I, uh, I think i want more of them just in general i i wish i wish i could almost like play outer wilds for you all the way through <laughs> to just show you kind of, not what you're missing but what i got out of it it's i would totally like, like genuinely i would i would a million percent take that because all my outer wilds experience was was doing the tutorial taking off in that little ship bouncing off stuff just bouncing <laughs> off planets trying to land failing going to that one where the water keeps rising and getting shot off back into space and just going like i don't i'm not getting anything from this and i i don't know what i don't know what to do in it and the game's just sort of going like well like, there's a lot of stuff here isn't there you should clearly be getting this and i'm just like i'm not at all um but i really really want to and um also those devs i forget the name of the dev team unless you're off the top of your head the, the geniuses and those people though um they are like absolute geniuses like the whole thing with outer worlds universe is that it is scientifically accurate to a physics model of our universe but like condensed down like oh, that dude. was like a whole thing yeah yeah like it is like the amount of work that went into just like the physics of it is mm. crazy i think and um, daniel dwyer did a no clip yes. documentary on the creation of it that i watched mm. after i finished it last year and there's a bunch of other similar kind of like dives into how the devs made it mm. but i remember that one was just like great like provided so much insight into just you know the sleepless nights that went into this small <laughs> team making sure everything worked together like i i think that game's a miracle man in right. any more of it is something i'll welcome with open arms like give me a full <sighs> sequel if that w isn't too much trouble i wonder if they'll do or if they already mentioned a next gen upgrade thing because i Ooh. like like the visuals of it obviously like part of it is getting lost in that sort of like you know like um like distant space horror thing like it's sort of like you can see different planets you want to go to everything is nearly always visible but yeah i wonder if they would like up the performance of it so you could sort of take it in a bit faster and i i don't know i just, I just want to know what it is i want to know what the thing is you you've discovered the thing and it seems beautiful but i don't know what the thing is so maybe someday i'll get back to it um last thing is that ghost runner is getting its next gen update um ghost runner one of the most brutal games um of the last sort of 10 11 years literally reminded me of super meat boy in terms of just like you are dead you are back to the start do it again like we're not checkpointing you we're just gonna kick you in the face until you get this right um and that game's uh, getting its ps5 slash uh, series upgrade update on the 28th um which i got through i don't know two three worlds of it i forget how many there are in total um i got a good few hours into it though but that game uh, i know you've not played it but that game is just it's just so relentless like you will either learn how to deflect and you know bounce back three or four bullets whilst wall running whilst cutting some dude's head off whilst air dodging all in one big beautiful movement or you'll yeah. just keep dying and then like you know eventually you'll hit the i hit the ceiling with it eventually where i was like i can't devote the time to like learn every single thing and the totally. runs were longer and whatever but yeah what's your thoughts on uh, on the old ghost runner 
Well, Scott Telford, when this... <laughs> I've said your full name a lot on this podcast. I hope you're all clicked it. Tell me what you think, Josh Brown. <laughs> um, I didn't know anything about this game until you played it last year. Like, it was mm. not on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. But ever since you have introduced me to it, um, I've been waiting patiently for the next-gen version because I was so interested in that concept that you just described there. And mm-hmm. the brutality of that concept seems right up my street that I know, I think, anywhere that you've kind of fixed the launch issues that it had. Oh, yeah on ps4 and xbox one and stuff mm-hmm. and it actually is free i think well quote unquote free on the next gen thing now yeah. um yeah but i've been waiting patiently for the proper next gen version uh to properly jump in mm-hmm. and this is the time so hopefully to balance out the coziness of sable and the <laughs> um kind of winding methodicalness of mm. death stranding i'll have this piss hard game to just <laughs> smash my head into a wall for a little bit that's my um that's my plan the thing is uh, with them updating the uh frame rates and everything that will help massively with the amount of stuff that you're just trying to, and, and the higher resolution it's literally i mean you're literally dodging multiple pixels of bullets coming at you that travel in like they're, they're with you in like three frames like it's just sort of yeah. but you need to like parry. i think like this is one of the games where a next gen update is one of the most fundamental enhancements to the core of it like overall anyway um and also just if you're a synthwave fan if you're a synthwavesman like myself then daniel deluxe who's like one of the best like top tier god tier synth men um has done the entire soundtrack and even if you're not a ghost runner fan or it just kicks the kicks your, kicks your face off too much <laughs> then get the soundtrack anyway because uh, daniel deluxe's work for this is genuinely incredible um so yeah the next week of stuff seems crazy we'll check back in next monday um on the other side of all these different things and i and even by tomorrow we'll know what absolute state kane is in so we might do a yeah. follow-up uh news video or whatever else um but for now this has been the wind up hopefully you're suitably wound up for the week ivan scott tilford joined by josh brown Goodbye. And we'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.